into your 2018. It is still 2017 for me. I still have less than nine hours left before the 2017 apocalypse ends. Um, so 2018 is here for you and will be here for me soon too. It's coming. I'm scared. I'm not scared actually. I'm actually pretty happy, pretty excited for 2018. I hope I, I make good use of it. But I'm also a lazy bastard at times, so so there's a good chance I won't make good use of it. We'll see what happens. Hi, um, welcome to episode. Oh, I didn't look up the episode number. Uh, I'm gonna take a guess. Episode 33 of One Controller Report podcast. I may be wrong. Look at the number on the screen, and that's the number it really is. Um, it's slow because of the holidays. Um. So there's not a ton of new stuff to talk about. I did see there's a new Metal Max trailer that came out, um, but I don't really have anything to say about that right now, because uh, I don't know enough about Metal Max to say anything about it. I should play uh, the one that got localized at some point here. Um, uh, JRPGs, I hope, are a big part of my my 2018. Um, I put up a article. <laughs> A weird list thing I made that wasn't very good, but for some reason was very popular. I hate when that happens, but I made a list thing of things about 2017, and, and I mentioned in 2018 I'd like to play more JRPGs. Um, one thing I also want to do is uh, play more uh, games at release, or at least, you know, released in the year. Um, I... Sometimes it's easy for me to get caught up in a lot of other games that haven't been coming out, like on the bleeding edge. Um, you know, especially with JRPGs specifically, you can spend a good chunk of the year trying to get through a single one if you're not uh if you're not uh persistent in and and knocking away those hours in the JRPG uh relatively quickly. It takes a lot of time. Um But but how I used to do this, um uh, was I used to use uh, Gamefly, and um, basically what I did with Gamefly, this is probably about um, whatever year Bioshock Infinite came out, like 2012, I believe, uh, maybe a year before that, um, but what I used to do with Gamefly is um, I'd basically put every game that was coming out on my, my queue, um, and just take whatever they sent me. Like I didn't. The only order that was in was by release date. I didn't discriminate if something ended up above something. It was just a happenstance of I can't set them all in a in a equal bracket uh, to be chosen from. But basically, uh, I would base leave it to GameFly to choose what I end up with. Um, and and the reasoning for that is uh, there's one thing I, I think is a huge flaw for me. Um, is I judge a lot of games ahead of time. Um, I will look at a game and say, that looks like something I don't want to play. And sometimes I'm right, like with Nier Automata. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'm wrong. Um, and uh, there was a couple cases where I was wrong. Uh, with my last Gamefly subscription was, um, uh, El Shaddai. I really didn't want to play El Shaddai. I thought it looked kind of, maybe pretentious isn't the right word, but it looked like an art game. And I was like, I don't really care about art games. Especially back then, I wasn't into art games. Uh, I'm, I'm very much a person that likes the mechanics of a game to be sound. That's not to say I can enjoy a game for just its visual design and things like that. But I think at the time was the height of me just being like, I hate... I hate these art indie games that don't have any video game stuff with it or something. I was just being dumb. Uh, I also am still pretty 
have a, I have a prejudice towards indie games still, but but that's another story. Um, but El Shaddai, uh, it's not an indie game, um, but it was a very artsy looking game. I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. I played the demo and I didn't like the demo. I thought it was really uh, difficult to get into. Uh, but then Gamefly sent me El Shaddai and I was like, ah, great. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. But um, yeah, I started playing El Shaddai and it, it quickly um, kind of defied my expectations. There's a flow to that gameplay um, that that was very difficult to kind of conceive or, or kind of wrap my head around in the, in the the demo, just having the character have to switch between different weapon types and like steal them from enemies during combat and, you know, watching the color of the blade to know when you need to take the, the take someone's weapon and get rid of your current one that I thought was really good. Um, and I thought that the weird story stuff was pretty all right. And it's one of those games like I talked about with like Mario Odyssey last week where it tries to add a lot of variety into it sometimes. Uh, maybe that's not a good act. That's probably not a good comparison because there's very few like things unique in El Shaddai mechanically, but there are... there are, There is creative uses that repurposes the combat system with the exception of one like sequence that is like uh, on rails. Um, but yeah, I really came to love El Shaddai, and I'd say behind the original Nier, it's probably my second or third favorite PS3 game. Uh, also a 360 game by default, even though I haven't played a ton of 360 games, unfortunately. I got my 360 very late. Uh, Xbox One was already out by the time I got an Xbox 360, uh, because I took it from one of my... Uh, I forget. I forget if it was my stepdad or my real dad. Somebody gave me an Xbox 360 because they were like, I don't need this anymore. And I was like, sure, give that to me. And then I end up with like a bunch of World War, or not World War Two, a bunch of war shooters. Although that's more the original Xbox. Anyways, um, and then the other game I, I I had a similar experience with was Bioshock Infinite. Um, I really didn't want to play Bioshock Infinite. I thought it looked really dull. I didn't like the look of the original Bioshock. Did not like the feel of the original Bioshock from what I played of it. Um, I thought it was a game that was, uh. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how I felt about it. I remember being very negative um, about the first like two sections of Bioshock that I did play. It was not much. Um, I um, <clears throat> I think I was trying to f- see it as a survival horror title, and it wasn't that at all. It was more like a shooter with limited resources. I probably shouldn't talk about this. It's been so long and I played so little of it and I didn't put it down on paper or anything like that. But anyways, I was not very excited for Bioshock Infinite. And uh, and then I got Bioshock Infinite and Gamefly. I'm like, ah, great. But then it ended up being, uh, uh, I would say, not a a mechanically interesting shooter. There's there's stuff in there that really should have turned into some sort of mechanic, like being able to claw or use your little, like, handrail thing to go from area to area. But, um... But visually, it was very different from any other uh, shooter I had played at that time. Um, and just like being going from area to area, it felt like there was something exciting uh, around every corner with that game. So, yeah, it turns out sometimes you can just find some really cool stuff. Sometimes it doesn't turn out great. Like, I was not excited to play The Last of Us. I played through all The Last of Us. I did not like The Last of Us. <laughs> like, I thought The Last of Us was a really boring game. I didn't like the characters. I just was like, oh my god, it was like the the dullest train ride. Uh, anyways, through Gamefly, I try to I try to play through these games in their entirety. 
sometimes I'll bail early if something doesn't seem, well, a couple things. If I'm not really getting into it, um, I'm not really learning anything from a game, or um, or uh, I've just held on to it too long and I want to move on to something that's more recent. That, that Those are really the three reasons I bail on Gamefly. Uh, pretty quickly. So anyways, I don't know if I ever specified at the start. I don't think I did. I re-signed up for Gamefly this year. So hopefully um, I can kind of handle it the same way um, of just like forcing myself to play some games that I normally wouldn't play. Uh, I would normally never go out of my way to play. Um, the biggest part that is going to be troublesome is finding the time to play them. <laughs> that also means that it's going to slow down my own work on my own backlog of games. So um that's, that's unfortunate, but that's the, the reality of life is you're picking and choosing where you spend your time. So, so yeah. Uh, in the meantime, though, I'm just in uh well, I, I probably won't get any Gamefly games anytime soon, even though I just signed up. I'm trying to get a copy of Tokiden 2 through, through them, but that's kind of its own thing. Uh, I'm playing Tokiden with some friends, and it's a pretty, pretty great game. Tokiden 2 is a pretty good game. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about it. Uh, on my own, I've been playing Xenoblade 2. Uh, I'm still, I'm not as far as I want to be, but I'm probably like 20 hours or so. Uh, I just got to like the second major town. There's like, so it's weird. There's like that first town you go to that's like the tutorial town. There's another main town and there's like another town after that. It's like a big main town. I just got there, so I'm not very far. Um, but it's that game, I think I only talked about Xenoblade 2 in terms of... Um, the visual design beforehand i'm hoping i'm not covering the same ground again uh i'm too lazy to look back at my old podcasts and figure out if i already talked about this <laughs> uh but xenoblade 2 man like i, w I was really not expecting so uh, in some ways i was not expecting a lot because they were saying oh we're going back to traditional jrpg formula but a good sign for monolith games is if i look at the screen and i have no idea what's happening then that probably means the battle system's different enough that I I um I don't fully understand uh, how it's going to work yet, which means there's something to be learned there, uh, something new and something different. And Xenoblade Two is exactly that. It is a a really different combat system than the previous two games. Um, there's definitely elements it shares with Xenoblade in terms of, you know, there being arts that you do and the game being kind of real time to some extent, but, uh, mechanically there's just so much more going on. There's a ton of timing stuff happening that wasn't really around in the, uh, the previous two Xenoblade games. There are th timing things in the past Xenoblade games, but they're not, um, they're not as reliant as this one where it's like you not only do you want to interrupt a auto attack with a photon art to, or not photon art that's that's a different video game <laughs> um in terms of time attack with like a a I can't remember what it is but an art um that allows you to I'm losing my words here so so basically you do these auto attacks and then like you interrupt those the end of those auto attacks with like a skill that essentially boosts damage. Um, and, and so that's like the most basic level of gameplay there. Um, and then it just layers on all these elements on top over, over, over and over again until it gets to this very top level thing. That's a strangely Xenosaga like battle system <laughs> where it's like you're, um, you're chaining or you're, you're, you're kind of, uh, chaining, uh, 
attacks together to make different attacks where uh in the original xenosaga series you had kind of like a a a uh tier and true for xenogear as well like where you would you would choose one attack and then it would branch off to two more attacks you could do and then you choose that attack and then that attack would end in a third harder hitting attack um but there those what that attack is at the end of that that chain is different depending on what you choose to get there um and and xeno blade has that uh it's just at a very high level versus being the bottom level of the battle system um it's it's fascinating how much xenoblade kind of ends up pulling from xenosaga's battle system in that regard and and i was thinking recently like uh even the original xenoblade is pulling somewhat from xenosaga 2 battle system uh xenosaga 2 has a zone system so essentially as you're attacking each attack hits a specific zone on an enemy and each enemy has a specific combination of zones you have to hit wherefore you can launch them into the air to deal extra damage and then when they land on the ground they're down on the ground and uh you can you know hit them on the ground for extra damage as well um and so what so what Xenoblade did is it actually kind of takes that system and standardizes it for every enemy. So it's always used this attack, this attack, and this attack to achieve the goal of you know launching them in the air, uh, tumbling them, toppling them over, things like that. And in this case, uh, I don't think it was in a previous any previous game. I could be wrong, but in Xenosaga Two, there's actually a smash at the end where you can actually smash an enemy back into the ground. Um, but I have not gotten to the point where I can smash enemies back to the ground. It's kind of strange because they they want you to do all these these like toppling and stuff, toppling and launching enemies. But the um the they're attached to the skills you have of whether or not you can do them. So you need a skill that says okay, it can break enemies uh uh balance. It can then topple them. Then you can launch them and then uh smash them. So all four of those require four different skills that each have that specific category set of i'm going to break or i'm going to launch um but because the game does random pulls on weapons in this because it's basically like a um a gotcha system from a, a mobile uh rpg um it's unreliable what the player is going to have and that's kind of frustrating there's a lot of things in this game that are very frustrating i'm surprised people like xenoblade 2 <laughs> Um, I definitely like it because I, I love the battle system and it definitely feels like an older, older model of soft game where it feels pretty convoluted. It's closer to like an Xenosaga 2 or maybe like a Botan Kaitos. Um, I'm just kind of surprised people are, are, are into it. I'm curious to, to go around and read the impressions of the game once I, I finish up my stuff regarding it. Uh, I try to hold off on reading too much about a game until after I've, I've at least finished drafting out what i want to say about a game so you know play too i'm really excited to play more uh the the map is a nightmare <laughs> they need a i think the map and the world design is a nightmare i i hope they move on to something else because this is like i don't know why they're like continually regressing with each game in terms of the ui design and the map design i don't know they're they're trying something but it's not working out uh, hopefully they don't get stuck making Xenoblade. I mean, make another Xeno game, that's fine. Just get away from Xenoblade. Although, honestly, I would be more than happy if they got away from Xeno in general. Um, but still, I, at the base level, I want them to get away from Xenoblade specifically. Fortune cookie time. Open that cookie. I, I don't know, my list is screwed up. 
They got Mega Man Legends 2, and I haven't played Mega Man Legends 2. I literally have not launched Mega Man Legends 2 once. I bought it on PSN, but yeah. Um, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. What do I want to say about Sonic Adventure? I'm a fan of, of 3D Sonic games, weirdly enough. I know a lot of people hate them. Um, they're definitely not great. <laughs> um, I played, like, it's weird. I, I didn't have a Genesis. I had a Genesis for one day when I was growing up, and it fried on me uh, after that first day. And then I never had another Sega console into the Dreamcast. So Sonic Adventure was really my first Sonic game which might uh, might change my opinion on on how that series is but I always thought Sonic Adventure was a fun game. Uh I still do. It's definitely not well built. It's not a polished game. Uh but but I think that it's a solid solid game and I think I think that Sonic games give a unique feeling in 3D. You don't really get um get a character that moves that fast in a 3D environment very often especially the Sonic Adventure where it's like a full roaming 3D environment uh you know it's very different now with Sonic colors and things like that so Sonic Adventure 2 Battle um I'd say in some ways Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is a game that actually kind of moved away from what I liked about Sonic Adventure it did feel a lot more confined there wasn't like an open world and things like that to move around in um but I mean the level design was generally there and um and uh, it played a lot like the original Sonic Adventure, and I like that they kept all the uh, the variety of characters you can play as. Um, and the story is oddly serious to a degree; it probably doesn't need to be. I wonder sometimes if Sonic Adventure Two is like the beginning of Sonic taking itself way too seriously. <laughs> I mean, Sonic Adventure definitely has a lot more story than the other Sonic games, uh, but I think it's it's still kind of in the realm of what Sonic is um but sonic adventure is like oh my gosh here's this edgy hedgehog who's like talking about his childhood friend who died in space or something i don't know <laughs> it's um it's a weird one um but i like sonic adventure I, i'm trying to think of like a, 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 if somebody should play sonic adventure today and generally the answer is probably no it's it's a very janky kind of thing um, but I don't think you'll see another, um, even Sonic game these days that gives you as much freedom as the Sonic Adventure games do. Uh, you know, these are still 3D environments you can move around in pretty easily. Um, and you're, you're expected to explore them in a way that, you know, newer games are not really. As much as I love Sonic Colors, there's no exploration in that game. Uh, it's very straightforward and, um, and uh, pretty much just do do this and go as fast as you can, which you totally can play Sonic Adventure that way. I mean, a lot of that game is just holding up. <laughs> um, but it is nice to know that there is that level of freedom if you do want to walk around and, you know, explore the environment, uh, do some more traditional platforming. And, you know, you know there's things like uh, Knuckles and Ro Rooch the Bat. Rooch? Roke? Rooch? Rooch the Bat. Um, that, uh, allows you to, or, like, is essentially a explore this level stage kind of thing, so you can go around and collect all the, the diamonds and stuff. I'm personally still a fan of Sonic Adventure 1 more than Sonic Adventure 2. I, I don't know if I have a real gut reason why, other than just it felt more, um, more experimental, maybe, might be the word. It felt like it was a game that really didn't um, confine you in a way that, that the Sonic series probably needed to confine you in order to make it to work. Um, and Adventure Adventure does Adventure 2 specifically uh, does do that a bit more. And you can kind of see it as the series goes on. 
uh, with the exception of maybe like Sonic 06. I think the Sonic 06 is very much in the Adventure 1 style from what I've seen. I've never played it. Uh, just the problem of uh, apparently people don't like it very much. I haven't played it myself, so I can't say it myself, but people don't like it very much. <laughs> so we'll see. I would like to play more 3D Sonic games. I picked up Shadow the Hedgehog for the GameCube not too long ago, um, but I have not put any time to time into it. So uh, we'll see. 3D Sonic games, I think they're all right. I don't think they're terrible trash most of the time. Uh, but the ones that are like the worst, I probably haven't actually played. The one that people consider the worst, I should say. Stuff like Lost Worlds and 06. I guess that's going to do it for this week. And, and for me the end of this year but for you this is the beginning of the year hello um we're gonna we're gonna have a good time hopefully this year hopefully so i'm working on so i'm working my valkyrie chronicles article i think i know our valkyrie revolution article i think i know what i want to do with it now um i don't have a ton of confidence it's going to turn out great but if it doesn't turn out great at this point i've spent so much time on it i'm probably just gonna go ahead and go with whatever i end up coming up with and just putting it out there um, I, I think the, the big, the big concern I have with Valkyria Revolution is, um, g- going over stuff that, you know, the game's been out for what, six months now. I don't even know. Like going over stuff people don't really need to hear again. It's like redundant information. Um, and then also trying to, to make sure I say my piece about the game, what I like about the game without giving a false, false impression that it's like some masterpiece. It's, it's a game with a lot of excuse me, a lot of flaws, but, um, but there are very specific elements of it that I really love, uh, in a way that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I think the more I think about Verkiria Revolution, the more it's become one of my, if not my favorite game in the series on par with Valkyria Chronicles 2. Um, Valkyria Chronicles 2 is a much, much, much better game. Um, but it is also very faithful to the original game. Uh, but it does have a lot of differences too. It's, it's a different kind of game. I mean, Valkyrie Revolution and Valkyrie Chronicles 2 are completely different games for all intents and purposes. Um, and so it's really hard to sit there and compare them other than, oh, they're part of the same series. Um, and then Valkyrie Revolution is a game that I think is incredibly ambitious, but (laughs) fails on most levels to actually, (laughs) to actually do anything but at least they tried and i think they got something there and i think they got there most the way like they have a i'll just tell you guys in the article i think they got there kind of but they didn't quite get there <laughs> it's not like valkyria or it's not like a near automata where i'm just like they it feels like they didn't even try and what they did try felt very lazy uh valkyria revolution has some heart into it and i think it it feels more like a game that um suffers from its own uh ambition to be something different and weird uh yeah that's it for this week thank you guys for listening and i hope you guys have a good 2018 make it even better than your last year goodbye